everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 241. Hello. Let's get into these topics. First of all, first of all, love is blind. My nigga. <laughs> my nigga, my nigga. Um, my nigga, my, no, like, let's talk about the fact that Netflix had me looking like a clown because I really enjoy live shows, like, you know, shows like back in the day where it will come on at one time and like, it's not streamable afterwards, even though it would have been streamable, but like, there's something to just being together as a community (laughs) watching a show all at once and the fact that I ran home I immediately parked my car ran inside just for Netflix to be like psych (laughs) there's an error like what and for it to happen not I'm thinking like oh maybe it's just the first 30 seconds which still sucks but okay bet it's fine no It was the whole day. Like, I had to wait until the next day to finally watch the reunion episode. And I just want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, get Vanessa Lachey off the show. The host. Yes, Vanessa, in case no one knows her name, the host. The the wife, the second wife. Make that clear. (laughs) No shade, second wives. I'm just making that joke because he will always reference in previous seasons. He's referenced um, that oh, this is his second time. This this is his second go around. Like he he will always reference that. Um, So I just thought it was funny to say it again. But anyway, so I am not at all in favor of her behavior. During this reunion episode, I felt like she was completely biased and just purposely ignorant to the feelings of any other person on the show if they were a man. Like, she immediately sided with the women despite their poor behavior, you know, unless it was blatant. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it too much in case you're just now watching or haven't finished or haven't started it yet. I just feel like this this should be the last. Like, just keep leave it to Nick or find another uh, couple hosts. Like at this point, <clears throat> I don't like it. I hated the way she spoke towards Marshall. I felt like she was very dismissive of his feelings. And at the same time, though, I feel like Marshall didn't articulate himself well enough. I feel like, yes, they are, you know, having this reunion a year after, and it's live. And there was a whole live audience, which is a little annoying. But anyway, it still doesn't dismiss the fact that he could have cleared up some things like I felt like and I hate to say that I agree with some of the assessments that Jackie had towards him but let me just say this I feel like I just I, I, I understand I understand how she may feel like he's soft because he the way he responded when it when it got to his segment after the whole zoom in call that was had for Jackie because her ass decided to be a punk and not come on the show because she knew she was about to get eat up she knew from the audience from other people on the show and I wish other people on the show uh, the other cast members would have said something to defend him even more or send something at any point like they didn't say anything like yeah you know how she did how she did you was wrong whatever anyway so um, Marshall didn't articulate himself well enough. He was just so quick to be like, this is love and just let it go, man. Just like, you know, let's call it a truce. Because apparently, you know, the last few days has been dedicated to 
Jackie posting her receipts of things that she said about him that made him look poor in the light. She oh, so this gets into the the first topic of this episode. When joking goes left, and I, I I touched on this topic a few times. I can't remember the last time I did, but I do remember uh, speaking on this and how when you joke too much with your romantic partner, I think it's a red flag. And I'm saying this from the experience of joking with someone who I dated for a little while church bay remember him back 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 it up like it was a while ago and as I am recalling our time virtually together because we never had the opportunity to really be together in person this was an on not online but a text message phone call relationship <laughs> that's what it was he was real like I, I know him physically we met in person um, before, but we never dated in person. We only had, it was just a weird thing. Anyway, so Church Bay reminds me of Marshall. And I really, I totally forgot about Church Bay. And I just had to remind myself, like, wait, I know how it feels to be with someone who you're always joking with and who you probably don't feel like is man enough for you. Now, I used to joke around a lot about, like, you know, light-skinned niggas. <laughs> I used to, it's so fucked up for me to say that out loud. No, I really used to joke a lot about light-skinned niggas and, like, how, like, you know, like, get out of here, you know, type of thing. Um, I'm wrong, clearly, because Freckles Bay is all the man that I could ask for. Um, but prior to him, though, like, a lot of light-skinned guys, just whether indirectly or directly that I've experienced, haven't been man enough. Just been like some pussy ass, you know, like, and what was that going to do with their just their color? Okay, but yeah, the the point is, the stereotype is is real. Sometimes, okay, there is some truth to it at times. So in this case with Church Bay, he was very much like just just corny, you know, just like corny and um, just wasn't man enough, just wasn't man enough at all. And I definitely think his age has something to do with that also, but I don't want to give that all the, all the reason. It's, it's his light skin. It's his light skin. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. That, that, that part's a joke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I definitely think it's solely because of his age. He just so happens to be light skin also, but it's solely because of his age and experiences, yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> remember that time I was like, you know, I'm just all these memories coming on. Because I remember I used to have so many episodes just talking about the different things that, like, we just, like, talked about and, like, how I was so turned off. And I knew it was going to, like, be our demise. <laughs> but I remember when I was, like, you know, I was talking about things that I've eaten. Like, you know, yeah, I've had steak, lobster, you know, whatever. Like, I've, like, I have experiences eating different types of food. And he said he never had a steak before. He never had, like, the things that I was listing and that I was saying is so good, um, he never had. And he mostly eats processed food, uh, a particular fast food, let me just say that, and I was just so turned off. And this was even before I was on my current, not high horse, but, like, my current journey of really um, being mindful of what I eat. Like, I am fasting from red meat. I'm 
just being mindful of the hormones that are in foods, in certain foods um, at least. So I'm just watching that from my from my diet. So this was before that. So um, him only saying certain things like, yeah, I only had this. And I was just so turned off, like, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> anyway, so... I bring him up because oftentimes, not not even oftentimes, literally every time we spoke, it was on some jokey joke, joke, joke. Like, okay, look at you and your corny ass. But like, it was always something like that. And I would definitely joke with him, right? I would definitely be the one to sometimes start it. Um, but it was a it was a part of our love story or whatever it was, dating story. And there were some times in which I think I was vulnerable with him. I don't know what brought it up. But I, I, I shared um, a particular life goal that I had for myself. And I was, like, super nervous to kind of just, like, bring it up. Um, and it came up because I was saying I was, like, journaling. And I happened to be outside. And he's like, oh, what are you journaling about? And I shared what... I was journaling about and then he made a joke right after and though we had a history at that point of joking a lot with each other it was a mutual joking situation between us I was so offended that he decided to joke right after I was vulnerable with something that I don't just share with any old body at that time and so I brought it up afterwards and he's like and and this is another thing about that's another conversation I want to talk about too let me just add that in before I forget um friends who can take feedback well (laughs) let's say that um so no so what's gonna say Okay, so I brought it up to him, and I was like, yeah, you know, when you said that, that kind of offended me because I felt like you was, like, not really being, like, emotionally supportive, and he's like, what? How could you feel that way? And Like, he was just not, instead of being like, oh, oh, my bad, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't mean that, you know, and just, like, squash it, he went on and on about how he doesn't understand how I felt offended, and just kind of like diminishing and just dismissing my feelings about it, which led to a bigger argument and eventually died down. But it just became one of those like, okay, what the fuck, dog? Um, But this really speaks to the fact that like when you are joking a lot with someone who happens to be someone you're seeing romantically, it is not a good sign because – it makes it seem like everything's a fucking joke, <laughs> you know? Like, you don't know how to switch off between joke and serious, you know? And there's a way to, like, you should know how to have enough cognitive dissonance to to, to joke in this moment in time and still be sensitive to, oh, this is her sharing a goal that she has for herself. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, how can I be supportive in this moment? You know what I mean? And what I think sometimes with people like that, when they're so quick to joke, it's really on some, I don't know how else to be anything else, right? Like, I don't know how to be anything else. I don't know how to be emotionally available. I don't know how to be um, emotionally supportive. I don't know how to be this sexy throb that you want. So I'm just going to joke. I feel like it's something like that, you know? So when I think about this particular situation in Love is Blind between Jackie and Marshall, Jackie joking a lot with him, and she joked a lot, not a lot, I would say, but, like, she joked, she still, like, joking is in my nature, but I know when to not do it too much. And if I'm doing it too much towards you it's because I don't see you as that nigga hello is the the mic on 
I don't see you as that nigga. I don't see you as someone who I feel is serious about anything or someone who I could really like respect or someone who I feel has my back in a way that like I don't really respect you as a man. (laughs) I don't. So if I'm joking a lot with you, it's because of that. And when I think about Jackie joking a lot with Marshall, she didn't respect him as a man. And that was evident. She literally said that afterwards. She didn't respect him enough as a man. She felt like he was soft, which is a euphemism for gay. She felt like, and look, there were some times in the in the show in which I felt like, not that he was gay, like a full-on homosexual, but, like, yeah, they got, like, you a little soft. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think Marshall's a cool, I mean, I don't fucking know the nigga. I don't know. But I just, I mean, he's not my cup of tea. Let's just say that. He wouldn't be my cup of tea either. Because he's, yeah, like, I would, it's just, he goes off. And look, I don't like Jackie. I don't like Jackie. I think Jackie's full of shit. I, I think she's an ain't shit girl. You know how there's ain't shit niggas? I think she's an ain't shit girl. But with her, though, in this moment in time, I agree. Marshall comes off soft. Okay? And it started with the twerking. Okay? There were three instances in which he twerked. And look, yeah, sure, there are straight men who twerk and, you know, for fun. And he was just joking. (sighs) Again, why are you joking like that? (laughs) What are we doing? You know, and then she was joking back. Like, I think in that moment, though, you may find yourself, like, cringing. And instead of really being honest in your cringe what do you do you laugh it off you you add on to the joke it's just one of those things so I don't think it was her being okay with it and like being fake about it in the moment I just really think that's that's how some people react you know how you fight flight or freeze Like, that that is one of those reactions in that moment. Like, okay, I'll just, like, act like it's cool, but I'm really uncomfortable. So, I just, honestly, I'm really disappointed in how he articulated himself. I felt like this could have been a reunion. Yes, I get it. It's a year later. They probably don't want to talk about it anymore. They probably are, are you know, tired of having to defend themselves or clarify something or I get that. But I feel like this still could have been an aha moment, a moment of, of retribution or whatever it is for, for Marshall to have had, you know, like a moment for him to just really give what needed to be given towards Jackie. Like, that bitch straight up played you. And look, she is entitled to find her happiness also, right? Like, just like Irina. Like, yeah, they're, you know, sure, the way that they did it was whack, but at least with Irina, she had the gall to come on the show, You know, she at least came on, spoiler alert, she at least came on the show. She at least took the heat in the face, you know, and was brave about it. So I really was like, okay, kudos to her. Whether she meant it or not, whether she has become a better person since or not, she came on the show and said, look, the way I treated you was horrible, and I'm sorry. And I feel like she articulated herself well enough. I feel like she, yeah, she's a rambler, which is, look, I get I'm a ramble too sometimes. But she at least apologized. She was clear about it. And Jackie didn't do any of that. She didn't come on the show at all. She zoomed in. (laughs) Josh didn't come on the show either. He probably was, I feel like he could have gone. I don't think he was afraid to go. I just feel like 
because she didn't go, she was saying to him, you better not go either type of thing. <sighs> anyway, so, yeah, I'm really disappointed in how he articulated himself. I feel like he didn't really – he he didn't really give what needed to be given. He didn't really let her have it virtually, at least, on the show. You know, um, the last words were because Vanessa asked him, you know, if if you know Jackie is watching right now, uh, out you know, um, just like regular viewers are because she's not on the show, obviously, and. They're like, you know, what would you say to her? She's watching right now. (laughs) And he's like, I would say, look, you know, let's just call it a truce. You know, all this. I'm happy for you. Like, you're happy. I'm happy. (laughs) And as he was saying that, his eyes were glossy. Like, nigga, happy where I don't see it it just felt really weird it felt really weird he wasn't it just wasn't honest it wasn't honest and he kept on saying look I could say a lot of things right now but I just don't it's it's pointless like I'm happy you're happy they're happy by saying they he's saying her and Josh because they're together now and have been for a year and uh, child, I don't know. I'm just so not in favor of how he presented himself. He didn't have enough oomph. And sure, maybe that's just not in his character, and that's fine. But still, there's a way he could have spoke spoken in that moment to to have said what needed to be said. Like he could have still been like, "Look, you treated me." with such um such of a lack of concern you only made it about yourself you were selfish you were like he could have named poor characteristics of hers and that would have been a good enough read for me just considering how he is but that was it. Like, he didn't do anything. Like, he did, he was just very blunt. Like, why were you on, even on the fucking show, dog? Like, if you're not going to show up, then don't come. If you're not going to show up emotionally with your words, <clears throat> then don't show up physically, nigga. What are we doing? So, anyway, I just feel like niggas like that just fucking soft. Like, What? She just straight up played you, you know, and at at that time. And then I was hearing some rumors that he was that he found someone new and he's dating someone like this, this woman who's a nurse. Like he could have flexed on that and be like, you know what? I've moved on. I'm in a lovely relationship with a woman who actually considers me right with a woman who actually uh, is uh, thoughtful and, and caring, yada, yada, yada. You know, <laughs> but he didn't say anything about her, so I don't know if they're even together anymore. Maybe that's not, you know, maybe that's why. But I don't know. Anyway, what a reunion episode that was. <clears throat> Until next time. Okay, let's talk about my my pockets of of friends. My my pocket. What I mean by pocket is like. You know, like, I have friends in this area, I have friends in that area, and it's pretty cool. And what I like to do is I like to go things by myself. Like, I like to go to, like, activities or uh, things that are of interest to me by myself. And whoever is there and happen to be a cool person, then we'll just, like, begin a natural connection friendship from there right I'm, I'm using connection and friendship interta- interchangeably so anyway I go on this walk I like I like going on walks I go I like going to the park nearby and I don't want to walk outside at night by myself so I happen to find a group of people 
or this company who like does this walk is this woman who has her own business of walking like literally what she does for a living is walk she walks others she walks a couple times a day with a group of people in different areas it's free to attend and be a part of the group i don't know how she makes the money though i mean that's me trying to be technical like because in my mind i'm like how is she affording or like she has this whole trailer or or van that she trans uh transformed into this like it's really nice inside like i saw it the other day and there's like this little nook area there's a shelf there's a microwave there's um countertop and of course there's the driver's area i think she's unmarried also i haven't heard her mention her husband but i know she has a kid or kids nonetheless she she walks for a living she actually was a teacher and was like yeah she's done with that (laughs) and decided to start walking (laughs) for a living you know white women i just (laughs) anything fucking goes huh anything just anything just works out for them huh but god bless anyway so she walks for a living I happened to come across her contact on my algorithm on Instagram. I think it was something, like, another page that I follow promoted her, and I just happened to see it, and I was like, oh, you know, let me join. I don't know, something like that. But I came across, I learned about it from Instagram, and I already walk at that park just on my own, like on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, stuff like that. So I decided to join and I've been doing it for a couple of months now. At that park or at that walk, I meet different kinds of people. I'm literally the only, I think I'm the youngest one there out of all of the adults. There is an adult couple who has their child with them who joins us. So technically she's the youngest, of course. But aside from that, (laughs) I'm the I'm the only person of my age that's a part of the walk, which is fine. Like I really don't care. Like I can hang out with anybody, old, young. Like people are people to me, right? Like I like a good a good vibe type of person or people, and so that that wasn't an issue for me. So I remember um, <laughs> I remember going to like the first the first day. And realizing, like, dang, is this the elderly crew or what? Like, it was, it was, it was older. You know what I mean? Um, but then I started seeing a little bit more—not young, but like, I mean, relatively, I guess. But for the most part, it wasn't only elderly. But like, I was seeing other people, like, probably in their forties, fifties, sixties. Anyway. So after going for a while, you know, there are people who I know the names of. I remember the things you said last time, and we're talking about that. We're talking about the show that we watch that we talked about last time. And, oh, did you see the, up, the, the updated episode? You know, it's like you kind of build a rapport. So anyway, um, some of them, we... we went to another event together this past weekend and so it was a good time right so we're outside at this parade and this like art car parade and like I said I'm still like everyone well some of them are have like more of a history in their in their friendships and I'm, I think I'm like the new one in, which is always fine for me. Like I don't, I'm so comfortable in my own skin. Like I'm good anywhere, which I love about myself. So, um, and I'm good anywhere. But it, it, what, and I, I'm, I pause on that because it, it's also dependent upon how well of a group it is. Because sometimes, even though you may feel comfortable in your own skin and could and could do things by yourself or, you know, with yourself, like I would say, um, it definitely doesn't help when 
the people in the group are being clicky and not really inviting you in the conversation, not making eye contact with you, just making you feel weird for being with them, it doesn't help, right? So I've been in situations like that. But thankfully with this group, this pocket of friends, I don't feel that way. Like they invite me into the conversation. They ask me about me. They like, you know how you tell a story to a previous friend or like to someone who like who who was already in your proximity. And when you get closer to their proximity, even though they already told the story, they're they're gonna say the story again. Oh, they'll be like, oh, Maxine, I was just telling Rachel that you know they they retell the story to make you feel involved and included, and it's a beautiful thing because you you want to feel included wherever you go, and I just really appreciate stuff like that. So so that's what I received from them, and it's 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 been nice. So anyway, <laughs> I bring this up because. I have a question come up in my mind of when to show your Republican self to new friends. (laughs) When do I show my real self to these new friends? When do I tell these niggas it's MAGA Trump? Let's go. No, but when do I say that? I want to know when is it appropriate to kind of add that into the convo? <laughs> when do I let them know, yeah, you know, women are women, men are men, trans women are trans women, trans men are trans men. When do I let them know that? <laughs> when do I reveal myself? And I'm just being dead ass. There was a conversation that came up. It was so brief. And I was at the tipping point of being like, well, I just want to say this. <laughs> so what have my two cents? Um, what happened? So one of the one of the people, she mentioned transvestites and how there was this petition or campaign to shut down this activity of transvestites doing whatever it was. It was like an activity that included transvestites. There was this campaign to shut it down. Or no, I think she referenced specifically transvestites reading to kids. And she was speaking about it in a tone of you know, basically not understanding why people will want to shut it down. Like, it's no big deal. Like, it's just, you know, it's why are people being, you know, you know, busters about it, whatever. <laughs> and I, was, I was, it was a hot day. It was an unexpected hot day because lately here in Houston, it's been chilly. So it was an unexpected hot day. And had it not, had I been very prepared for the heat, I feel like the heat kind of threw me off. Because I was like, wait, wait. I was like kind of not even present because the heat was throwing me off. But I did hear what she said. But she just said that very briefly. And the conversation just kind of moved on to something else. Like the the conversation wasn't like focused on that um, solely. It just was a moment that I did pick up, and I was thinking to myself, like, huh, do I bite my tongue now, or do I just, you know, you know, do I wait until later, you know, if this comes up again, and share my two cents? <laughs> I just feel like, look, one thing about me, I'm going to save my speech, and I really hope it doesn't, I don't care if it offends anyone, but I think... It's more so about, like, I hope it doesn't close the door for a conversation. You know, I think sometimes this society, not even sometimes, all the time, we're pressured into thinking one way and not even 
not even allowing a multitude of viewpoints to to stand in a heated conversation like why the fuck do you think it's appropriate for transvestites to read to kids that's really the question like what are we talking about you know so you know there's that and i just (laughs) again i just think it's this weird you know pressure or this weird just expectation to follow suit because it's the more comfortable route to take. Trust and believe if and when a conversation like this comes up and it's in my presence, I will say, hey, you know, it's just, just think about the kids. You know, like I, this I'm going to speak my speech however I do it, but I'm going to say something because I just thought to myself, like, you know, I don't want to ever feel like I have to suspend my my share, you know. And it's not like it's something where someone is asking, hey, Maxine, how do you feel about it? Like, you don't have to ask someone directly how they feel about something over a, a public topic. Right. It's one thing if you're sharing something about your personal life, then you could request for someone's specific reaction or reaction at all. That's different. But if if it's a public topic, I'm going to say what I want to say. But it was just so funny because I'm like, when do you show your Republican self. Like, when do you say, hey, yeah, I mean, I do agree that it's kind of (laughs) weird. There was another point in the conversation where um, they're talking about just, like, Houston in general and how, like, Houston is so diverse. And that is actually one of the reasons why some people are not attracted to it because it's so diverse. And this other woman was saying, what? That's so weird. Why would diversity be, be an issue? Why would that? I don't understand. <laughs> and I was quick to be like, well, <laughs> look, I do enjoy diversity. I think diversity, diversity is needed for sure. I'm just saying, like, I can understand how too much diverse. Like, there's, if it, it's always too much of something. If it's too much of diversity, then you may find yourself kind of lost in the sauce. Like, you may f- not be able to find your niche, right? Like, if we're in a community, right, if we're at a workplace and there's one of everybody there, but only one of everybody, right? So there's only one black person, one white person, one Hispanic, one Indian, one, like, you know, one Chinese, you know, Indian Chinese, you know, still from Asia. But the point is, there's only one of one. So it's one of everybody there. Sure, we're all diverse, right? Technically, we're all diverse. I'm saying diverse for white, too, in that case. But I still want to find someone who looks like me. I still want to find my homogeneous group of people, okay? I want to find my tribe. That's my natural instinct to go towards people who look like me, who speak like me, you know, so at least have that option. And when you come into an environment that is so diverse, it's like, dang, I got to get to know another new fucking culture. I got to get to know... I got to know about a new cultural term again. Every day is diversity, equity, inclusion day. Enough. I just want to eat my rice and beans and chicken today and tomorrow. I don't want to start eating your wontons. (laughs) Today's been a day. (laughs) I'm in a fine mood. I'm fine. I just... You know, I think sometimes when we talk about diversity and equity and inclusion, we just, <clears throat> we still miss the mark. 
You know, we, we say things that are so performative. We do things that are so performative. We have these like workshops and, and PDs that are so performative. And it's like, y'all mean shit. And I'm not following any of this bullshit. I'm not. There was this PD. <laughs> I'm probably saying too much already. Let me stop. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, one, okay, let me just say, let me just say this. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. I will not be bullied or pressured to conform to an ideology that is against my own beliefs and convictions. Okay? Let's bring it to the trans. Y'all know where I'm going. Y'all know where I'm going with that shit. Y'all know where I'm going. <laughs> there was something that I read today that was like, uh, it was like this like cultural, um, like IQ test, some bullshit. Like, first of all, this is man-made, but okay. Um, I, I believe that, um, not always is the gender assigned to me is the gender that that I that I should identify with some bullshit it's like can we can get this shit get the fuck get this out of my face cuz you're about to piss me off get this out of my face <laughs> get it out of my face okay you know we can't fucking speak at all and you want it's just oh my god <laughs> yo get this on my face dog like please get on my face like we talking about the wrong things right now we talking about the wrong things right now get this fuck get it out my face and all of the not all but a lot of the statements was just like buffoonery shit like you know people don't recognize how things change in a whim, you know, it wasn't up until two years ago, this pronoun shit was a thing, you know what I mean? And it's like, we're supposed to just go wherever the wind blows. We're supposed to be people who have no foundation and is easily swayed and manipulated into thinking another ideology. No. I stand here. I'm staying here. What's up? What's up? Okay. Because you have gender dysphoria. You want me to just immediately agree with whatever bullshit going on in your head. Uh, okay. No, that's not happening. You know what I mean? And it, I just, again, you wrap it up in this bubble of... This is diversity. This is equity. No, because what you're doing is you're pushing out another ideology, right? You're pushing out another group of people, right? Women. You're pushing out women who want to just be recognized as such. Don't call me no cis nothing. I'm not a cis woman. I'm not a cisgendered woman. I'm a woman. I don't have to clarify that. I don't have to qualify that. I don't have to wear my pronouns as a badge for that. Bitch, what do you see when you look at me? What do you see? Breasts. Right? That I didn't have to put together. That just naturally grew from my body that God blessed me in. Right? What? Oh, you see a pussy too, right? That I didn't have to get surgically put on. If you're offended, you should stop listening at this point. It's just, it's beyond me. It's beyond me. And then, and then um, yeah, it's just stupid. Like, I just, I want to see more women. More, more women speak. Speak up, dog. Speak up. <clears throat> You know, I remember having a conversation with someone about like, you know, just the, just the shit. And she's just like, you know, it was, she was just so quick to dismiss 
another perspective. Like, how can I say it? Like, so quick to immediately affirm one side and not affirm the other. You know what I mean? And it's like, if we talk so much about respecting points of views, then let's respect points of views, not one point of view. Child could go on and on. Anyway, the point is I'm sick of the performative shit. I've reached a point in my maturity, in my adulthood, in which, and in my professionalism, in which I will not participate in anything anymore that is in direct violation of my own beliefs, ideologies, and convictions, period, okay? So you starting this activity on some bullshit as IQ test of what, you know, some cultural trends are, I'm not doing it. What happens now? Because I'm not doing it. And I didn't do it. <laughs> Is the mic on? So, yeah. There's this, um, what was I going to say? There's something that I read earlier and listened to <clears throat> of men who are trying to play off as women, there is something that I just learned that it's a fetish. It's a fetish. You know, the men who do that oftentimes, maybe not all, right, because I do believe in gender dysphoria, right? I think it's mostly that. Um, but the men who do that oftentimes fetishizes on just being near women as much as they can, being in the proximity of women. So what do they do, right? Let's do the next best thing. What is that? Let's become a woman. Let's become a woman so much so that I am now telling people my pronouns, my she, her pronouns. I am now going to women's only spaces because, wait, I identify as one. Excuse me. And the men who are playing like women and who are fetishizing this, this is a great opportunity for them, right? Because I get to be in women's spaces and see them undress. I get, I get to be in women's spaces and see how they communicate with each other, see how they play with each other, see, see it all. So I find that to be very disturbing. I find that to be alarming. And there needs to be an outcry. There needs to be an outcry. Like, we cannot keep on going about it, like, on some, just accept everything and everything is cool, man. Everything is cool, man. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not cool. You know, and I also learned that the men who are playing like women they are heavily addicted to pornography. And apparently in the culture of pornography, for a man, the next best thing is to be encouraged to dress like women, to be fondled like women, to, you know, to kind of put on as if you are a woman. Because, again, with the fetish, it makes you feel sexually aroused. So, child, look, at this point, 
do we blame men or do we blame women? Because men who are playing like women, they're they're taking up women's spaces. They're beating us in these big time competitions. Right? So that's misogyny, right? And then women being as nurturing and, you know, kind-hearted as many of us are naturally are so quick to accept and receive and embrace and, and come lay on my chest, the same chest that you probably want to suck on because you like this shit. I don't know, just food for thought, food for thought. Um, Let's get into this white female box braider. Box braids. Yeah, box braider. Um, sounds like I said, like, boxer. No. Okay, so for the men who are listening, box braids, in case you're not familiar, is a hairstyle for um, black women. Well, that is often worn by black women. There are a lot of, well, relatively a lot of white women who have adopted this hairstyle and have also adopted the black culture. So I guess they're trans black also. That's just some bullshit, some Rachel Dolezal type of stuff. So anyway, so there's this video circulating of this white woman who is who just finished box braiding this black woman's hair. And for those who know, you know, black women are the ones giving braided hairstyles, giving these box braided hairstyles to other black women. Rarely do we ever, I've never actually seen a white woman box braid a black woman's hair or box braid period. So to see this video and to actually see how well of a job it turned out, it made people wonder in the comments, like, shit, maybe this is, maybe this is a route to go. And I think this was a wonder because oftentimes in these black hair salons, there's a lot of unprofessionalism, uh, disrespect, catty, just like weird energy being had. And being a black woman, you know this firsthand, right? Like, you know, I know how it is because historically I've been in black hair salons since I can remember. So this is nothing new. There's this rhetoric of black hair salons being unprofessional and yada, yada, yada. But I feel like lately it's been of a significant uptick because the online media makes it very well known how black hairstylists are behaving. They're quick to say, if you want to book a consultation or book an appointment, you have to use the link here and you also have to pay this deposit in advance and you also, before you can book an appointment, you have to book a consultation, which is like a $25 fee. In addition to the deposit that you put down for the appointment, you have to put a deposit down for the appointment in order to be seen. And this deposit is non-refundable and uh, you can't bring kids. And if you're a, a millisecond late, you will you will never get the opportunity to reschedule with me again and um, just rule. Oh, make sure when you get here, your hair is washed and detangled and blow dried. It's like, wait, bitch, what, what are you getting paid for? What do you need the $500 that you are charging me for this hairstyle for if you are not doing the bare minimum? The bare minimum is at least blow drying my hair. And you obviously can't blow dry my hair on some dirty hair stuff. You're going to wash and detangle. So anyway, there's a there's just this widespread experience that black women who have been getting service in black hair salons by black women 
have been saying of this type of hospitality or lack thereof. So they're making the, they're they're posting the question like, okay, well, if I were to go to this white woman (laughs) who is seemingly just as skilled, will I receive a better service? Would I receive a better customer service here? And that's a good question. Like, you know, unfortunately, it's been a reputation for many black-owned shops, whether it's in the hair industry or the food industry. Oftentimes, the poorly uh, hospitable services have the best type of results right so it could be the best type of food right like I go to well back in Boston um there's like these there's so many different Caribbean shops um Caribbean food like Caribbean restaurants to go to and you can get your food to go you could eat there and honestly if the host isn't rude then you probably don't want to eat there because the food isn't as banging as it is when the host is rude (laughs) or isn't rude, you know, like, so it's better if you were to get your Caribbean food from a poorly serviced (laughs) establishment. (laughs) I know it's like working backwards, but that is the price you pay. And it's oftentimes worth it. So anyway, I think about like that in regards to, getting your hair styled sometimes it is worthy to still get your hair styled despite how poorly serviced the shop and maybe your hairstylist directly is i don't know until a certain point i guess until until a certain point because at this point with my hairstylist, I like my hairstylist directly, but the other hairstylist who's in the same shop as her, I don't like her. I feel like she's been throwing out some subliminals, and she got one good time. She got one good time before I either snap or snap. So we'll see. But at this point, you know, the conversation turned into like, is this taking away the economic resources that black women have accumulated and continue to accumulate along the years because white people are now showing up in this space and it only takes one so there's this only this there's only been one video that I've seen of a white braider but still, one is still too many because that could bleed into, girl, I made $500 in a day. And now you're telling your white friends they're picking up on the skill. They have more resources to obviously open a shop quicker than a black woman does because of the economic disenfranchisement that has been set in place against black people so now you're at a disadvantage and they're already a little bit more hospitable and a little bit more welcoming and (laughs) I don't know it, it could lead down to a terrible path economically for black women so we'll see how it goes I think it it still starts off with making sure your service is quality and you know maybe just being a little nicer i'm not saying you gotta be a whole you know fake phony nice the best friend ever all i'm saying is there needs to be less of an attitude and more of um a compassionate tone in your voice when addressing your clients your customers who who Whoever it'll be. So we'll see, child. I, so, I just thought that was so funny. 
But anyway, you guys, thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will check in with y'all next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. If you liked it, leave a review, share, and subscribe. God bless.